This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It was Sunday fun day at City Field yesterday with the Marlins beating the Mets 7-2. The Fish avoid being swept and move to 4-6 and six on the season as we thank you for making Marlins Rewind a part of your morning. I'm Stephen Strom. Before we go to Kyle, what did we learn yesterday? When the Marlins score first... Good things happen. They are now 4-0 and when Miami scores first. And I think it has something to do with – it's an obvious. You know, you score first. Your pitcher gets a little bit more confidence. He's not as tight if he is going into the contest tighter than usual. When you build that lead, especially like Miami did yesterday, the big three-run inning, it gives you that lift, that emotional lift, especially when you're avoiding a sweep. I mean, you lose the first two games pretty handily. And you come out in this third game, you have a really nice start, and then your pitchers really carried you here. Braxton Garrett, I thought, battled, 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 gave him everything that he could. And then the bullpen on the back end just chipping in. I mean, even Shagwa pulls his back. Tanner Scott comes in, has his back. So uh, a lot of good things from yesterday, but I think scoring first is going to be vital to this team's success so let's see if they can do it uh later tonight all right for the recap here's the radio voice of your miami marlins kyle seeloff all right it's a good day for baseball here at city field in flushing it was a good day it is still a good day and that's because the marlins have collected their fourth victory of the season they improved to four and six after a seven to two Beat down to the New York Mets on this Easter Sunday here at City Field. A 50-degree day and sunny afternoon here in Flushing. The Marlins pound out seven runs on 11 hits, a couple of errors, and eight men left on base for the New York Mets. Left a ton of guys out there this afternoon. They had a couple of guys get hurt, so too did the Marlins, in addition to an ejection. More on that uh, here in just a couple of minutes, but uh, let's bring Gabby back into the fold. Gabby, let's start with the pitching yep. uh, in this winning effort because I think uh, more than anything, the offense was the topic of conversation today. But important to note that the uh, the Marlins' bullpen was sensational this afternoon. Braxton Garrett went four and two-thirds, allowed two runs, nine hits, a walk, and seven strikeouts. Felt like he was wobbling on the canvas all afternoon long, <laughs> but the Mets couldn't knock him out. Let's start there before we talk about the bullpen. Well, you know what? I, I thought Braxton Garrett did a good job of coming in and throwing a lot of strikes and not really walking, guys. He walked one. That's been the big thing, especially with the starting pitch of these last couple games, the amount of walks that have been happening. So that I did like, and you're right. There was a times there where things got a little iffy, things were scary, but he was able to get himself out of those positions, which is what you want to see from your pitcher. When you put yourself into trouble, are you able to wiggle out? He definitely was. You wanted him to get that extra out just to be able to give him that win it didn't happen but great job by the bullpen my goodness they went four and a third did not allow a hit against this Mets lineup that has been doing such a good job Uh, that is my biggest key Tanner Scott did walk one but it was actually a situation that we were both talking about you probably might want to go ahead 
and, and walk uh, McNeil because Escobar has been not swinging the bat great. So fine, put him on and did just that. And he went right after Escobar, got the ground out to Segura at third that he was able to touch third. So all in all, what you wanted to see is what you got from the Marlins. What I like to see also from the hitting side of it was the base stealing. And I feel like the Marlins are going to really need to incorporate that in their game yeah. if they want to win more ball games. Yeah. They're not a team. Right now they're hitting home runs, and that's great and that's dandy. But they need to be able to get on and put the pressure on that defense and on that catcher and on that pitching staff to understand, hey, these guys are going to run. Because what happens is when you do that, pitchers make mistakes over the middle of the plate and guys are able to wallop those fastballs. All right, talk to me a little bit more about the offense. They hit a couple of home runs today. They mm -hmm. steal five bases. Um, they knock out a season high seven runs. Uh, 11 hits was a hit shy of the season high. Uh, they uh, had 12 hits against the Twins earlier in the week, but that's neither here nor there this afternoon. Uh, talk to me a little bit more about the offense. Uh, what, I, what I like to see is that they were being aggressive on counts that they should be aggressive with. And even with two strikes, I mean, De La Cruz had a huge game today, and he's been – very good, especially at bat of putting barrel to baseball uh -huh. and, and hitting balls hard. But it was throughout the lineup, guys weren't swinging out of the zone. Guys were getting their walks. Guys were getting their hits and then being aggressive on the on the base pass, which really that does open up a pitcher to lose pitches over the middle of the plate because he is worried so much about these guys are stealing and here that leaked fastball over the middle of the plate rather than the corner and guys make the adjustments and guys hit those pitches. So I that's that's really what I like to see from this offense and they were putting pressure on the Mets from the very first inning, which is what I also like to see. So if they can continue doing that, this is going to be a team that can put pressure on teams with the pitching that they have. You saw what the bullpen was able to do today, and yes, they have struggled, especially early on with the bullpen part of it, but they have the arms there. You can see what they can do against a very good hitting club. So you like the way that they're going. You just look at them and say, hey, can we play every single game like it's a good getaway day? As the emotions of the game settle down, I want to get back to Jazz for a moment. Okay. I was certainly very critical of him, and I think we were very fairly critical of Jazz during this game. Rightly so. Because when he got thrown out of this game in the top of the seventh inning, you have to go back to the third inning. In a 3-0 count, Jazz was called for two strikes. Two strikes were called on Jazz. And on both instances, he flipped his bat towards the third base dugout thinking he had walked. Probably shouldn't do it the first time. Certainly shouldn't do it the second time, but he really took exception to when strike three was called on him in the seventh inning. It looked like the strike. Now, as the emotions of this game die down, the point that we were making is, number one, Alvy Garcia had already been hurt. Mm -hmm. Jacob Stallings is dealing with a back thing. Mm -hmm. Jazz Chisholm was two for three with two singles, two stolen bases, and an RBI. Guys are going to get thrown out of games. We understand that. But the situation that the Marlins are in at this juncture of the season, every game is important. I don't care if it's April 9th. They can't lose that guy because he's really good, Gabby. Kyle, were you winning the ball, ball game at that point? Yes. Uh, were you winning by a good amount? Uh, you were winning by five, I believe, at yes, that point. Yes, it was five, you know. but <laughs> Okay, so, so here's the thing. So you're up by five. There's nobody on base. It's not like you struck out with bases loaded in a two-to-one ball game where you're the big hitter and all of a sudden the ball – no, you were up by five. There was nothing going on. You need to understand as a hitter that, hey – there's more to this game than just what I'm doing up to bat. There's more to this game than my numbers, and that is being a team player. 
and you getting thrown out in that situation that meant nothing, that hurts your team because now all of a sudden you have to get somebody else off the bench. You have to go out there to center field. Who knows what was going on, whether they were ready or not. Hampson, luckily, was ready to go and he was ready to play. But still, you're putting your position, your teammates in a tough position where they shouldn't have been because there was no reason for yep. it. And my suspicion is that I think Skip Schumacher – I shouldn't say I think. I know Skip and his staff understand how valuable Jazz Chisholm Jr. is to this team. My guess would be whether it's today, whether it's right now, 20 minutes after the conclusion of this game, or tomorrow in Philadelphia, they're going to have a conversation with Jazz because one needs to be had. And to your point, he's simply too good and too valuable to lose. Yep. So um, we'll see, and I'm sure Skip will talk about that, cover it up shortly. Uh, I know Stephen is uh, down there efforting to uh, – some info from Skip, and uh, we'll hear from him and maybe even Braxton Garrett as well. But uh, all right, Gabby, uh, let's enjoy the train ride to Philadelphia, and uh, we'll catch up, uh, let's see, tomorrow at 640 when Alcantara goes opposite of Matt Strom. Well, let's see if I'm able to get you to go to dinner with me tonight. No, absolutely not. <laughs> that won't be happening. All right, let's take a listen to the highlights from this ball game this afternoon. The Marlins jumped out to a 3 nothing lead in the first inning, and they never looked back thanks to Brian De La Cruz. The 0-2 pitch is swung on a hit high in the air, deep to left field. LeCastro's going back, still going back. This ball is gone. Carrasco serves up a three-run homer to Brian De La Cruz. It's 3-0 Miami here in the first. And the Mets would get one back in the second, thanks to the Major League Baseball top overall prospect, the catcher, Francisco Alvarez. Canna jostles down the line at third. Next pitch, line drive right center field. That's going to be a base hit for Francisco Alvarez. Here comes the throw to the plate because Mark Canna had to hold up. It's 3-1. to one. Canna slides and crosses home. I'm not sure that McNeil was going to be able to score from second. Everybody had to hold up. The ball was hit on a line so hard towards right field. Garcia let it fall in front of him, but it's 3-1 to one now here for the second. Yeah, you know what? I didn't like that pitch. And that was... Uh, about all the uh, the noise the Mets would really make offensively here today, they would get more uh, one more run, but more on that in just a moment. So the Marlins had a 3-1 lead. They carried it into the fifth, and they started the tee off again on Cookie Carrasco the first time it was Jazz Chisholm Jr. Here's the 2-1 pitch to Jazz. He swings and lines it through the left side to base hit. This should bring home another run. John Birdie turns and burns at third, and the Marlins have a 4-1 lead here in the fifth. And that's what you need to do. And after the RBI single by Jazz, Garrett Cooper came to the plate. I mean, here's the pitch to Cooper. He swings and hits it high in the air. This ball's met with some force. Left field, way back and gone. Garrett Cooper has gone deep for the third time this season, the second time in this series. And now the boos are raining down on Carlos Carrasco. It's 7-1 Miami. I beg your pardon, that would be six, Gabby. They had immediately flashed seven on the scoreboard. Yeah, seven or six. The Marlins would get another in the seventh. We'll hear that highlight in just a moment. But for Garrett Cooper, he now has ten career home runs against the Mets. That's his most against any team. And uh, after his big effort offensively today, he's hit safely in all six games against the Mets this season and now in ten straight dating back to 2000. In 22, so the Marlins got three more in the fifth. They carried a six-to-one lead into the bottom of the fifth inning, and the last remaining run on the ledger for the Mets this afternoon came courtesy of Pete Alonso. Play. Pete Alonso, broken bat, flare, center field, sinking fast. It's down for a base hit. 
Rounding third and scoring is Luis Guillorme. The Mets have drawn a bit closer. Now it's 6-2 here in the fifth. It would remain 6-2 until the seventh inning when Brian De La Cruz came back to the plate again. Here's the pitch to Brian De La Cruz. He swings, hits it in the air, center field, backing up his fan. He makes the catch. Cooper tags. Here comes a throw to the plate. It's cut off by Pete Alonso. It's a sacrifice fly for Brian De La Cruz, who's been one of the best hitters for the Marlins here today and this season. It's 7-2 Miami here with a 7. Brian De La Cruz had a great day. So, too, did Garrett Cooper. The, Mar the, the Marlins pound out seven runs on 11 hits. We mentioned the bullpen was fantastic. Tanner Scott followed Braxton Garrett. He went an inning and a third. J.T. Shagwa threw three pitches and got Luis Guillorme to bounce out to third base in the seventh inning, but he left due to an apparent injury. Dylan Floro followed with an inning and two-thirds of work, and it was up to A.J. Puck in the ninth inning. LaCastro reached on an error. Pham struck out swinging. Guillorme popped out to second, and the last remaining hope for the New York Mets this afternoon was Francisco Lindor. Here's Francisco Lindor. He's 0 for 4 today with three strikeouts. Batting from the right side. Ground ball. This should do it. Out to shortstop. Birdie has it. He'll go the long way to first. And the ball game is over. The Miami Marlins beat the New York Mets 7-2 on this Sunday afternoon at City Field. For the Miami Marlins, they improved to 4-6 and six on the season. They salvage a game in this three-game weekend series. The New York Mets, after game number 10, fall back to five wins in five losses. We'll take a break. We'll take a look. Well, it's a good day here at the old yard for the Marlins. Seven runs, 11 hits, two errors, eight men left on base. For the Mets, two runs, nine hits, one error. They leave 10 men on base. Scott improves to one and one after his victory today. Cookie Carrasco falls back to 0 and 2. We started this ball game at 140. We finished it at 432. Total game time, two hours and 52 minutes in front of 33,697 here at City Field. For the Marlins this afternoon, the pitching staff, terrific. They struck out 12, and that means that $300 will be donated to Auto Nation's Drive Pink Initiative to fight against cancer for every strikeout this season. $25 will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. All right, Kyle, thank you very much. Now let's take a listen to Skip Schumacher following the 7-2 win over the New York Mets. Skip, we'll start with the start from Braxton Garrett. Just how big was his performance today, especially from the state of the bullpen over the last couple of <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Braxton Garrett, just how big was his performance, especially given the state of the bullpen over the last couple of days? Yeah, he didn't have many pitches to work with, you know, entering the game, um, just coming out of the bullpen, you know, for the first week. So his pitch count was about 80 pitches, and, you know, we were hoping he could get through four, and, um, he, you know, he got us into the fifth, and um, felt like Scott was the move right there to, to kind of get out of that jam. But, you know, he did everything he could to, to help us win that game today. And De La Cruz came up big uh, first starting with that early run score. How does that help both Garrett to kind of settle in with that kind of early lead? Yeah, it was nice to uh, get that, that home run early, um, get a lead. And uh, what I liked most was the shutdown inning right after that. Uh, that. Those are the momentum changers. And so if you can get that shutdown inning, it, um, you know, and chances to add on really help. And, and that's what we did all game. So, yeah, proud of Garrett and the work he did. You know, we've, we gave him, um, you know, some back and forth, bullpen start, bullpen sent down, back up. Um, put a lot on his plate for the first week, and um, he's come out, and, and all he's done is compete and perform, and uh, really proud of him today. Garrett Cooper has a nice series in general here against the Mets. What have you seen different from him at the plate? 
uh, the work and you know all off season with Brandon and the hitting group and made a you know a couple changes that you you know that probably some people can't see the naked eye but um, some changes that you know as a professional hitter you make one little small change it feels like a huge change but um, you know he's made some small changes and it's really helped him uh, you know with the power and just being a complete hitter and he's always hit his whole career. Um, but there's always been some more power potential in there. And um, it's not like he's trying to hit him, but it's just happening, which is always great. Double the other way, homer pull side. Um, even his outs in center field have been loud. So um, really nice series and um, a huge part of the win today. You touched on Tanner Scott, him going one plus, Flora going one plus, especially after Sharkwa gets leaves with the injury. The, the ability for the two of them to do that, especially with, like you said, with staying in the bullpen to get you guys. Yeah, we were we were lighting the bullpen today. We had three guys down with Nardi down, Braz down. Um, you know, we wanted to stay away from a couple other guys. Uh, and, you know, Chargois, you know, a little uh, something going on with his back. Um, hopefully not too serious, but I just didn't want to push it right there. It didn't make any sense to me um, this early in April. But yeah, Scott and Flo both going, you know, one plus was was huge for us. And, um, you know, not having you Smeltzer back there, um, you know, was uh, was, you know, will save us for just in case, you know, the next couple of days. I was on the injury front. Uh, Avi, uh, how was, how's he doing? Yeah, he just had a little tightness in his hamstring and it's something that I just didn't want to push either. And just didn't make much sense early on. He could have played if it was in September or, you know, you know, uh, you know, games, you know, down the road, if super meaningful like you know playoff type of stuff he would definitely have uh, played still but just didn't make much sense of uh pushing him right now and your message to jazz after the ejection stay in the game but you know let me get kicked out let one of the coaches you know argue for you um you know tea to the moment type of stuff and i understand there's a lot of emotions going on but um you know for for us it's you know we need our players to stay in the game and you know we're the ones that if we get kicked out no one notices right but if he gets kicked out then you know it can impact the game and and so we just want him to stay in the game how did garcia hurt the uh, hamstring uh just he felt a little bit running down the line but um it wasn't like a uh, uh you know pull or a grab or anything he just kind of felt it tight and so i again was just a precautionary you know remove him get some treatment hopefully it's you know a day or two we get an update on, on Stallings and whether he's going to be ready to go tomorrow. Yeah, we're hoping he is. He's ready to go tomorrow. A, a good work day today. Um, didn't feel like it was uh, necessary to start him today. A day game and cold weather, that type of thing. Um, wanted him to get a good work day in. Check some boxes with the training staff, and um, he could have played today. So we uh, are pretty confident he'll play tomorrow. Yeah, season high in runs and steals. Is it sometimes as simple as just guys beat off each other, and you know, especially the lineup and especially when guys are having success on the base paths, does that kind of make them more aggressive? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. We've been preaching, you know, base hit, base hit, base hit, and I think a lot of our runs have been scored via the homer. Right. So, um, but I, we still preach that, you know, base hit, base hit, and um, if we clip someone, we clip someone, but, you know, we're not preaching, you know, just homers. And uh, although they're nice, you know, we're, what I liked was a lot of the base hits up the middle and um, line drives and that type of stuff the other way. And obviously, Dela had a nice day and Cooper had a nice day. But yeah, the stolen bases, you know, we didn't have too many coming into the series. Um, a lot of the starting pitchers have done a really nice job that we faced of, of holding runners, even with the new rules of being quick to the plate. And, you know, we just didn't really feel like running into outs just to steal because of the new rules made much sense. If there's an opportunity, then we take advantage of it. Um, also, 
the guys that were on base were base runners too. So, um, you know, the birdies and the jazzes can run and, um, you know, they had an opportunity to steal. And, you know, some guys can just outrun the ball. They don't, they don't need tips or tails. And he, uh, and a couple of those guys were just, you know, they're just faster than the ball. And that's kind of what happened today. Thanks, Thanks. All right, guys. Okay, that was Marlins manager Skip Schumacher. Jazz Chisholm had a hell of a game on the field. Two for four with a couple of stolen bases. Great energy in that first that propelled that inning. But unfortunately for Jazz, he was ejected after arguing a called strike three to lead off in the seventh inning. Jeff Nelson and him did not see eye to eye, ended up bouncing Jazz out of this game. He spoke after the game yesterday, and here's what Jazz had to say. What, what were your what, conversations yeah. with Skip? With Skip? Uh, yeah, like I, I just can't get thrown out right there. Uh, I'm already having a great game. Avi got hurt, so I should be able to stay in the game and stay uh, not getting flustered up, you know, not letting my emotions get the best of me. Uh, what did he say to you when he when the ejection was made? The ump? Uh, I can't even remember. I don't I don't remember what he said, honestly. He just was like, Oh yeah, that's all I heard. Like you could you could see it wasn't like an ejection out of like, oh, you're talking too much. It was just an ejection out of his being, feeling like he was shown up. And that's not this game that we play. So How are you to just try your best to handle the situations moving forward? Hmm? Just moving forward, just how are you gonna try to better handle it? Um I mean, I'm going to just handle it the way that Skip told me to. Like, just don't let my emotions get the best of me and keep moving forward. Help stay out there for my teammates, you know. Like, uh, the best thing for me and our team is for me to be on the field. So for me getting thrown out, especially when I'm starting to feel a little bit better at the plate and on the field, like, it's really selfish, you know. That being said, Jazz, you, you were having a great game, so what was working for you? What do you think? Where, where has uh, things turned in, for the better for you? And that's what I was saying. Like, I feel like it's because of my teammates, you know, and that's why I felt like I was really being selfish when I I could have just walked past and not say a word, you know. But I, I was trying to be funny and say something, and he got, he got but heard about it. So, you know what I mean? So, like, when I was walking back, I didn't get upset until he threw me out of the game. The first thing I said, I, I was laughing at it, you know what I mean? So, but when I saw that he threw me out, then I, I turned on and I was like, why? Well, whatever. But like I said, I feel like my teammates have been helping me so much. Luis, De La Cruz, Soler, Segura, everybody's been helping me. We've all been working in the cage together, trying to get back to where we're, where we're at and try to get to midseason form as quick as we can. And that's why I feel like today I let my teammates down by not staying in the game. For the game overall, to get the win, avoid the sweep, and doing the way you guys did as you guys head into Philly, just how important was it to leave here with a win after dropping the first two? I mean, it's always important to win the game. I feel like uh, the guys went out there today, they played hard, they stayed aggressive, and we stuck to our game plan today as a team. So I feel like we're doing really well, and we're putting ourselves in a good position right now. Did he throw you up to the laugh? Huh? Did he throw you out for the laugh? Was that it? Was that it? Was that no, I said I said something that okay. I was try- I was trying to be funny about gotcha. something instead of taking it serious and being upset. Gotcha. So I tried to say something and he st- he was still kind of upset. So gotcha. you know what I mean? It is what it is. But like I said, I could have just walked past and not say anything. So like I said, it's my fault for being selfish, and I apologize to my teammates. Five steals today. You guys had two, I think, all year going into tonight. Uh, is that a 
can that be catching? I mean, you start to run, does it kind of lead to a collective confidence? I mean, yeah, I feel like the reason we haven't been stealing much is because we haven't been getting on base when when it's around the time to steal, like early in the game or when the game's still close, 1-0 or down by one. Like, most of the base stealers have been getting on base for more of the time when it's like a 3-0 game or a 5-1 game where if you steal a base, your run doesn't count. So... Right now, we're just trying to play the game the right way, and when we get on base and it's time to steal, we'll be, we'll be running. Okay, that was Jazz Chisholm. Marlins on deck with me. Steven Strom kicks off at 6'10". First pitch is set for 6'40", as we're in the city of brotherly love for a three-game series with the Phillies. Sandy starts for Miami. Make sure to follow at Marlins Radio on Twitter. We hope to have you join us. Let's flip the M together, Miami. Thanks for rewinding with us on Marlins Rewind. This is the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.